You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. And the vision is simple. We exist to see the captive set free through praise and proclamation. And last week we talked about that idea, God's idea of setting the captives free. It's in the heart of Jesus. It is what Jesus came to do. I'm going to stop there with that. Check out the podcast. But today we're going to talk about the power of praise. Because if setting the captives free is what we are about, then we have to understand how that's going to happen. And one of the ways that God has designed in this house for that to happen is through praise. And sometimes, I don't, you may have grown up in church all your life, you, you may have be new to this thing, it doesn't matter, but our perception, our understanding of praise can be quite varied. And so we want to narrow that in and get a focus, a laser focus on that and understand both what the Word of God says and then how that's going to be put and applied into this house. And so I want to walk you through just three simple uh, things, the purpose of praise or why we praise and then I want to talk to you about the power of praise. I want to talk to you about the power of praise or what happens when we praise. And then finally, I want to talk to you about the position of praise or how do we praise. Because sometimes we don't understand what that takes place. Sometimes we think that praise is just about songs we sing or words on a screen. But I'm going to tell you today that according to the Bible, it's, it's not. It's not. So here's what I want you to do to prepare for this message is I want you, if you have something to take notes with, today is a day you want to take notes because we are going to be going through a lot of Scripture. I do not expect you to open up the Bible and go through all these things as I read them. They will be on the screen, but take notes, write them down so you can go back through the week and look at these things. Look at them for yourself. See what the Word of God says about this. Because I believe this morning God wants to open up our hearts to an understanding of how praise fits into this idea of walking and living in the freedom of Jesus. Now let's all agree right now that we want to be in a place of the freedom, living in the freedom of Jesus Christ. Okay? So let's start with the purpose of praise. Why do we praise? Pastor Justin mentioned this in our time of worship in Psalm 22, 3. Psalm 22, 3, and this is from the New King James Version. It says this very simple, simply, but you are holy, but you are holy. It's a point of uh, reverence for God. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. So here we see something that's incredibly important about why we praise And the answer is very simple. It's this. We praise because of Jesus. It is what is due to Him. He is holy. He is holy. He is holy. And the understanding of something being holy is the understanding that it deserves reverence. I know this may sound simple, I know this may be a duh statement to some of you, but it is incredibly important as as to why we praise. We praise because He is worthy of praise. 
And if anybody here has been born again, has come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to live in this understanding that Jesus is worthy of our praise. It doesn't matter really how we feel about it. It doesn't matter if we woke up on the wrong side of the bed. It doesn't matter if we feel like coming to church. And praise, by the way, is not just about church. Praise is an attitude of our heart. But Jesus is worthy of our praise. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 96, 1 through 9. I love this. And here is the importance of praise. is because anytime we choose to praise, it's a sign of reverence that says, Jesus, you're coming first. Jesus, you're coming first. You're coming first in my life. You're coming first in the attitude of my heart. Psalm 96, 1 through 9 says this, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens honor and honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families, of the peoples, give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Listen to what the psalmist is saying here. Is that he is exemplifying, bringing out this beautiful, powerful point that as the people of God, the primary purpose of our praise is to glorify God. And the psalmist says it like this, sing about his salvation, sing about his glory, sing about he, the one who created the heavens and the earth, sing about him, give him the honor that is due. Why? Because he's not like anything on this earth. He's not like anything on this earth. Sing to him. When we understand the purpose of our praise what happens is that we begin to understand there's a reason why God desires for us to glorify Him. It's so that He can sit in a place where He is worthy. And it begins to exemplify God's heart. God's desire to be with us. There's a pattern that God created from the very beginning and when we see patterns that God created through praise, it's important for us to understand and to take heed of these things. And I want to show you really quickly this pattern that God created from the very beginning. We see it outlined in Psalm 104. Scripture tells us this, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Here's the pattern that I want to show you because it's a picture of what takes place actually in the Old Testament through the tabernacle and temple worship. When God designed first through Moses and then Solomon, the, the tabernacle and the temple, he created it with a purpose. And what took place in the order of the tabernacle was this, is that there was a place in the very center, in the very core, if you would, of, of the temple called the Holy of Holies. The Ark of the Covenant was where the mercy seat was. And that is where the presence of God sat and was and existed. 
And then there was the holy place outside of that. And then outside of that, outside of the temple, there was something called the inner courts. And then outside of the inner courts, there was what's called the outer courts. And here is what God is saying the pattern is because this is the heart of God. And this is the understanding with praise that I want you to see is that God desires for us to be close to Him and there is a way that we get close to God very quickly and that is through praise. And the Spirit of God says this concerning praise is that as we praise, we are passing through the outer layers coming from the outer court, coming in with our praise, with our thankfulness, with our song of worship, into the inner courts, into the holy place, to the most holy place. Why? Because it is the incense that is offered up that both shows reverence to God and creates an atmosphere where the presence of God can sit, but it reflects God's heart to be close to us. They say, Pastor, that's the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Is that pattern still there? And the answer is yes. And let me, let me show you this very quickly in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2. This pattern is still here. And this is in the NIV. It says, therefore, I urge you. This is a familiar passage. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to show you something here in Romans 12, 1 and 2. The Holy Spirit, even in the New Covenant, we understand that one of the things that Jesus did that was so amazing at the cross is that he tore down the separation between the holy place and the most holy place. That curtain that separated it, I don't know how many of you know this, but it's a very important thing. One of the things that took place at the crucifixion, the scriptures tell us about, that that separation that was reserved for the high priest that could come on only on an annual basis in a select times, only the high priest through a series of things he had to do to purify himself could come in and present the sacrificial blood at the mercy seat, put it upon there. When Jesus was crucified, the scripture tells us that heaven, that God took and rent, tore that curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, tore it from top to bottom. And that was symbolic because of this reason. Because Jesus both became the great and faithful high priest and his blood being shed at Calvary's cross was sufficient once and for all. This is an important thing to understand about the security of your salvation that you need to understand when you come into faith in Jesus Christ and you completely trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. If Jesus' blood was not enough to hold you to the heart of the Father, God would not have torn that curtain in half. But he did. And then the Bible says in the New Testament, the temple changed. No longer was worship being conducted in a place that was built by human hands, but rather by the Holy Spirit. And that temple is you. And the way that we live in the presence of God in our lives 
every day comes still through this pattern of worship and praise that God constructed. And this is what Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us. And Paul says it very clearly when he says, listen, you're going to be conformed to something. There is a pattern that you are going to find yourself in. And that pattern could be matched according to the world. You could be living in a pattern of fear. You could be living in a pattern of anxiety. You can be living in a pattern of bondage. You can be living in a pattern of unforgiveness. There's all sorts of patterns that exist in this world. But what Jesus has given us the opportunity for is to begin to renew ourselves with an understanding of who we have been created in the image of, who we are living according to. And the way that that happens is through praise. As we begin to offer our lives up and the praise and the overflow of our heart, the revelation of who Jesus is because it honors him and he sits in that place becomes a reality in our life. Are you guys catching this? Are you seeing what I'm saying here? It's because sometimes we walk around and when we don't live a praise-filled life, we just expect it to happen because Jesus just said, listen, I'll be close to you, but we're not fostering anything that makes the, where we are a place where God wants to inhabit and to dwell. I'm not telling you that God's leaving you if you don't praise. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you want to live in a place of freedom, you need to put praise into your life on a daily basis. Because God says this, listen, as you praise, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring the revelation of who I am into you. We're going to see that more clearly in just a second. I'm going to bring the revelation of who I am into you. And it's going to begin to begin to conform you into my image. You're going to be transformed into who I am. You're going to be transformed into peace. You're not going to carry anxiety because I'm the God of peace. And as you praise me, my presence shows up. My peace shows up with my presence. And that begins to tell you who you are. You're not going to live in a life of bondage as you praise. See, you can't praise God and be in a place of bondage for too long. You can't praise God and be in a place of anxiety for too long. Because God's presence is going to show up. It's going to become alive in you. And he's going to bring with himself his character that has the ability to transform you. But it happens through praise. All right. Let's talk about the power of praise really quick. What happens when we praise? Because here's some things that you need to set your expectation to as you praise. And this is God's gift to you. This is the beauty of praise. This is why I believe praise and freedom go hand in hand. When we praise, heaviness is lifted off of us. Listen to Psalm 30, 11, and 12. It says, you have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praises to you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Listen to what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, listen, my heart is overjoyed. The praise of my lips is being offered up. It is being given to you. I cannot keep silent anymore. I cannot shut my mouth any longer. And here is why. Because as I'm praising you, my morning is turning. My morning, my sorrow. Not my morning as in a new day, but my morning as my sorrow. My heaviness is being lifted off of me. 
And do you hear this beautiful imagery that's being given to us? What causes us to move from a place? Listen, please. What causes us to, for, to move from a place where we want to crawl in a hole, where we want to lay down, where we feel broken and destitute? What causes us to move from a place of that to a place of dancing? Praise. 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 Praise does that. This is what praise does. Praise lifts off the heaviness off of our life. It gives God the ability to turn the places of hopelessness into hope. It gives God the ability to begin to transform our understanding and, and our, our sadness into a place of joy. The second thing we see here is this, is that praise breaks the chains off of our life. And I want to give you this beautiful story that happened in Acts 16 with Paul and Silas. This is when they were in prison. Praise has the, the power to break chains off of our life. In Acts 16, 25 and 26, it says this, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened up, and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, I want to tell you something. Listen, I know that this was an instance in the book of Acts that was quite supernatural, and I'm using something here that happened literally to bring out a bigger understanding of the power of praise. Here's what Paul and Silas decided to do in the midst of their bondage, in the midst of their captivity. And isn't this powerful? Isn't this understanding somewhat just hits us to the core? It hits me to the core. Because though none of us probably have been in a place where we've been chained in a cell, maybe you have and that's okay. But how many of us have been chained in our heart? How many of us have been chained to something where we can't seem to have any freedom from? And the decision, the decision to praise was completely up to Paul and Silas. I love that the Bible doesn't say, and all of a sudden angels began to sing and give them a background chorus. And all of a sudden the guy got up on the keyboards and started playing just this really nice note. And like it was just really hot. And they were like, yes, let's start clapping our hands. No, they were in a terrible situation. <laughs> they were in a hopeless situation. And yet they decided, they decided, they decided to praise God. And when they decided to praise God, God did something. God moved and he set them free. He broke off the shackles off their life. Now, normally you'd say, well, well listen, pastor, that sounds a little self-serving. Do we praise God because of what God's going to give us? No, absolutely not. And if you actually read the rest of this story, what happens here is that Paul... And Silas are free. As a matter of fact, everybody in the prison is free. The prison gates, uh, the, the doors are open. And then the prison guard begins to freak out and he's going to kill himself. Because he knows that if these prisoners get free, it means that he's going to die. And Paul yells out and says, don't kill yourself. We're not leaving. Whew, wait a second. 
You mean to tell me that Paul and Silas were praising God out of a decision in their heart, not based on their emotions, not based on what they felt, not based on the reality of their situation, and God decides to move powerfully and free them, and they didn't get up and leave that place? No, they didn't. You know what they did? Is they led that jailer and that jailer's family to Jesus Christ because Jesus totally set them free. And there's a very beautiful picture here of the power of praise and what happens in our life as we choose to praise. Even in the moments, friends, listen, even in the moments when we feel the most bound. When we choose to praise and make the decision to praise, it opens up the opportunity of the freedom of Jesus in our life that begins to set us free and allows us to carry the message of freedom because when Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. And it is undeniable. And it comes through the power of praise. When we make the decision to praise in these situations. The power of praise. Praise scatters the enemies of God. In Psalm 68, 1-3, it says, Let God arise and let His enemies be scattered. Let those who hate Him flee before Him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. And as we praise, and this is something you have to step out in faith as you praise, you need to set your expectation in these three places. It's not all the benefits of praise. But these three right here are extremely, extremely important and powerful. As you praise, you can expect heaviness to be lifted off of you. As you praise, you can expect chains to be broken off of your life. And as you praise, you can expect every enemy, every lie of the enemy, everything that has assaulted you come against you to be scattered. Because as you praise and as the presence of God is seated in the midst of your praise, and as praise becomes a lifestyle in your life, the presence of God causes the enemies of God to be scattered. If you're dealing with lies that are continually popping up where the enemy is lying or filling your heart with condemnation, is filling your heart with a lie, it tells you that you are, not, you are something that God's Word says you are not, begin to praise. Begin to praise. Begin to praise. Now finally, we can close with this. And Justin, you guys can come on up. The position of praise, how we praise. Praise isn't just about the music. It's not about the musicians. It's not about the words on the screen, the song selection. Praise is entirely dependent upon the attitude of your heart. The attitude of your heart. Jesus has a really important conversation with a Samaritan woman in John 4. In 19 and 24 through 24. The conversation goes like this. The woman, the Samaritan woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Jesus had just gotten done reading her mail, giving insight 
a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge to this woman, telling her about her own life. And she says, listen, you're obviously a prophet. She goes on and says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. She engages Jesus in a, in a spiritual conversation about worship. About worship. In verse 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, worship the Father. You will worship, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is, is of, the, of the Jews. But the hour is coming and, is now, and now is. The hour is coming and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Jesus introduces two very important words concerning worship. He introduces spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. What does it mean to worship God? To worship from a place of spirit and truth. This is what I believe Jesus is saying concerning that. Is that when we come into worship, when we come into this place of corporate worship, or in your personal time with the Lord, as you begin to worship the Lord, the first and most important thing you have to understand is that your worship is really honestly not dependent upon what you feel. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, in order to worship me, you're going to have to come into a place of understanding in your spirit. Of who I am to you in your spirit. And the question is for every one of us this morning as we desire to walk in a place of praise. This is what we're called to. This is who we are, Freedom Christian Fellowship. This is how freedom comes. Do you know who Jesus is to you? Are you living in that understanding that He is God the Father, that He, according to Romans 8, is Abba, Daddy God? Are you living in the understanding that He is the one who perfectly secures you? As you hit those crossroads that are so difficult, and they're difficult for every one of us, when we are confronted with the reality of this life and the truth of who Jesus is, are we choosing Jesus? I'm not saying, and I'm not, and I'm not looking at anybody here and going, listen, this isn't difficult. I understand this is difficult. I understand this is hard. But when you come into this place, are you choosing to see according to your spirit who Jesus says He is? Because that's the truth. And this is what Jesus was saying to the Samaritan woman and to every one of us, that this is how authentic worship comes, is when we begin to connect into the reality of who Jesus is in our spirit, detached from maybe some of the stuff that's raging through our mind or some of the stuff that has hit us through the course of days or weeks or months, but we begin to attach into that and say, Jesus, this is who you say that you are, and this is truth. 
And though I'm not walking in this place right now, maybe I'm struggling with the reality of this. I'm going to choose to praise you in this place. I'm going to choose to praise you in this place. And as you begin to set your expectation there, something supernatural happens where God begins to touch your heart and then he begins to touch your understanding and free your understanding and bring you into the truth of Jesus and a deeper reality in your life. Some of you are going, I don't, I don't know, Pastor. Listen, it's okay. Because Jesus gives his invitation to every one of us and says, go ahead and try. Go ahead and try. And so as we begin to set our attitude on that truth, as we begin to set our expectation on that truth, as we begin to set our hunger on that truth, things begin to move. Things begin to shift. Things begin to change in our life. And that gives us the opportunity to begin to express to Jesus the praise that is worthy of what He deserves. And I want to close with this one thought and then we're going to stand up. We're going to begin to worship. We're going to celebrate communion. In Psalm 95, 1-6, through it says, Oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come, be, come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. For the Lord is great, is the great God, and the great King above all gods. In His hands are the deep places of the earth, and His heights, the heights of the hills, are His also. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands form the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our Maker. The reason why I read that to you is this. In this particular passage in Psalm 95, we see the attitude and the expectation of the one who is singing to the Lord. And it's causing him to lift his hands, to shout before the Lord, to dance before the Lord, to kneel before the Lord, to bow down before the Lord. And do you see all of those beautiful expressions captured in the picture of praise that moves our hearts to a place of active agreement as God begins to sit, settle down in our presence and begins to meet with us as, it begin, as He begins to transform our hearts as we begin to respond to that, as this cycle begins to happen? Do you see the freedom here? Because see, to me, to me, it's only a free person who would readily lift their hands, who would readily clap their hands, who would readily bow down before God as an expression of worship, somebody who has been set free by God. And so this morning, as we, as we conclude this service, as after we take communion, I want to invite you, as you feel the Lord moving on you, no pressure, I don't want to manipulate anybody here, but this morning, maybe it's time for you to clap your hands. Maybe it's time for you to dance before the Lord. Maybe it's time for you to lift your hands or bow down before the Lord. Maybe it's time for you to sing with all of your heart in a place of expectation like you've never had before. Why? Because He deserves it. He's worthy of our praise. And He desires to meet with you. Amen. And I invite you to stand to your feet, please. Ushers, come and prepare the table. If I can have a couple of the ministry teams come up.
so this morning, as we wrap up our service, Freedom Christian Fellowship, we exist to set the captives free through praise and proclamation. We exist to see the freedom of Jesus come to set the captives free through praise and proclamation. Today, I'm going to invite you to, as we conclude this service, to praise. To praise at a new level of expectation. Maybe, 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 maybe in your life you're saying that truth, the truth of who Jesus is, it's just not there. There's been a disconnect. I've been concerned. I've been, this has been weighing on me. This thing has been weighing on me. It's been weighting on me. Today, I believe that there's freedom in this place for you to say, look, I'm not saying that that's not there, but I'm choosing I'm choosing to worship according to the truth of Jesus. And this is what Jesus says today. He says peace. He says freedom. I'm inviting you to come to that place so that the Spirit of God can begin to touch your life and begin to set you free. And maybe today you need to raise your hands. You need to dance before the Lord. Maybe today you need to bow down. We're going to have ministry teams up here after you take communion. Maybe today you need prayer. And you need somebody to say, look, this thing has been shackling me. It's been getting me. And I just need somebody to come into agreement today. Don't wait. Don't stop. Receive ministry so that you can walk in the freedom that you've been called to walk into through Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you this morning that you are the one who sets us free. As we lift up the sacrifice of praise to you, we know That according to your word, that you come down, that you delight in the praise of your people, that you inhabit the praise of your people. Father, I thank you that you love your sons and daughters. I thank you that you desire for them to be close to you, that you can begin to pour out the full measure of your heart to your sons and daughters. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your freedom today to worship the Son, the resurrected Son, in a new way like never before with our hearts fully set on the expectation of an encounter with Jesus, that our attitude of our heart would begin to be praised and begin to be excited about the one we are worshiping. I thank you for that, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just begin to move in this place as we lift up our praises before you. I want to tell you something, guys. Listen, the altars are open. If you need to come and praise at the altars, come and praise at the altars. Why don't you come now and receive communion? And after that, let's get our praise going to Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your name. Bless your name. Oh, hallelujah. All right. Well, thank you all so much. God is good. I want to encourage you that to do this. Listen, this isn't just reserved for Sunday, but what if we came in every week with our hearts set in a place of expectation? What if we came in every week and said, God, listen, today we're going to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I just want to declare grace upon every person here who is going through a hard time. And maybe it's unimaginable what you're walking through. Maybe it's bigger than what you can even see getting out of. And I just want to declare the reality of the one Jesus Christ who holds you perfectly in the center of his hand. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not saying that to try to pacify you temporarily. But I'm, I'm speaking the truth. Is that he sees you. He knows you. That He loves you and He is right there with you. And I just want to invite you on this beautiful, maybe a bit challenging journey of praise. To say little by little every day. Maybe as you get into the Word. Maybe as you read the book of Psalms. Maybe as you even look at the scriptures we talked about today. And let those words utter out of your mouth every day. With my lips, Lord, I will praise you. God, I will exalt you. And though you might not feel like it, and though you might not understand it, as you begin to let it come out of you because of what you're saying, not because of where you are, but because of what you're saying is the truth. That the presence of God would begin to transform your heart, to lift those burdens, to break those yokes, to bring your mind under the authority of the peace of Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge you and encourage you this week to do that. Maybe just for a few minutes as you're able to every day. To just lift up a word of praise. I don't care if you're like me and you can't carry a note in a bucket. But you just say, God, out of the, 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 my lips will come a praise. I praise you, Jesus. I exalt you, Jesus. You are worthy of the highest praise. Through the meditation of my heart. And the words of my mouth, let them be acceptable to you. You are the one who is exalted above all things. Your name is above every name. Jesus, we love you. We love you. As you let those words come out of your mouth, praise begins to fill your heart. The presence of God begins to come. And freedom comes where the presence of God is. We are Freedom Christian Fellowship. We are here to set the captive free through praise and proclamation. Father, I declare the grace of Jesus over every person here that they would walk in the full understanding of the knowledge of your love every day this week. Cover them. Establish your hedge around them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you guys so much. Look forward to seeing you Wednesday and next Sunday.